Welcome to the Full Circle Podcast with Julie, Glenn and Phil. Exploring and expanding the consciousness. Learning from each other. discuss and explore our journeys of spiritual development. You are now tuned in to the Full Circle Frequency. Hello and welcome to the Full Circle Podcast. Good morning uh, everybody. Hello everybody. How, how, how are you both? excited it's going to be an action-packed weekend yeah it is yeah I'm just embracing this calm before the storm because uh, there's due to be a thousand people that are in attendance today and so we're just uh, gathering our breath before all that commences so we thought we'd do a quick intro before our first guest yeah, yeah. our first guest is actually in the wings just here so um, Angie who you all know. I'm flying in, I'm flying in. Angie's here and Hello. Angie is set up at the minute with your drumming session yeah. to, to start the event, yeah. aren't you Angie? So have you got anything in have you got anything in mind that you um, are gonna be doing? Well we'll probably open very gently inviting the energies in. Um maybe just do the awakening prayer and uh, then we'll just chill out and probably finish with a live something lively get them howling like wolves and things like that yeah so yeah just going with the flow really brown, brown. <laughs> um so you're you're supporting engine with the drumming aren't you I as am. well julie so yeah. uh that's yeah. going to be brilliant it's going to be you are going to be fantastic Angie. tell as, my knees that as, no, <laughs> so no pressure there's no pressure you've got loads of drums different drum setup that i can see so, so actually some fantastic art on the drums yeah, as well yeah, isn't they uh, jeff's given me some of his drums and yeah. uh, they were painted by nancy so they're Beautiful really well, they're really they? really special um and we have inherited drums as well from people that are really special yeah, yeah. and we made some as well in the last minute panic because we haven't got a lot of drums <laughs> so, so we're going to be recording the first how long, Glenn? Uh, we'll be there for the, the first five minutes of, of your session. Um, so we'll get a little bit of your performance there, uh, just to give uh, our audience a taster of what to expect from shamanic drumming. But yeah. um, and This event is totally sold out, so there's over 2,000 people coming over this weekend. It's going to be absolutely fabulous. Yeah, yeah. So look out for us if you've got your ticket. and. Um, I don't know why I'm talking like that because uh, this it's is not like live. a golden ticket, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and hey, we've all got our ticket. We've all got our t-shirts on. Well, yeah. We've got our yeah. full circle t-shirts on. Official. We're official. Yeah. Official full circle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bro. Okay. So we will look forward to talking to you later again. Thank you very much. We might catch up with you yeah. after your, after your drumming session as well. So. Have a great time, team. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See you later. Okay, welcome everybody. Um, wow, that's fun. That 
and nothing's not dead watch people, it's my name. <laughs> I'm Andy, um, from Chat, and it's my local part, my teacher, my music teacher, my best friend, and that's for our song, young baby. When you see the Shaft team, drumming is the reason we are at Shaft. We were looking for a bigger classroom, graduate with a Derek nightclub, and we've been there just over five years. So for me, this is really an honour. <laughs> I started here with Barbara Micklejohn 15 years ago, not here, the other place. And it's a real honour to be here. So thank you all for being here. We're going to start pretty gentle. We're going to go down, chill out a bit, and then we'll get wild to the end. So I hope all your wolves are in good fettle. Yeah? We can have some of our chickens as well if you like. So if you just like to close your eyes and chill out. And the energies we're creating. We're going to send out from our hearts to the Mother Earth, to our sky, and to all the people everywhere. And we're going to generate a big, massive love. Is that okay with Yeah. Just close your eyes. Continue from.
Bring to me my destiny, let my 
our next guest that we have with us this morning. The first stallholder that we're with today is uh, John Richardson. John Richardson is a past life, uh, works with past life regression, spiritual readings, and is actually doing the next talk after Angie um, on hypnosis and the key to the mind. Please welcome um, John Richardson. Good morning, Good John. Morning. How are you? Good morning. Very well, morning, thank John. you. Brilliant. Can you tell us a little, a little bit about what you're doing in your workshop today? Uh, the workshop today is all about hypnosis, the key to the mind. Um, it'll be a, a talk about my life, how I got into hypnosis okay. uh, through experiences that I started off as a stage hypnotist, went into hypnotherapy due to getting treatment for myself. So uh, then I developed into a hypnotherapist and then it went on from there. Right, okay, okay. Brilliant. What would you say your spiritual background is, John? Um, coming from a grandfather who was a medium and an auntie who was a medium, uh, my spiritual background was just development uh, through throughout my life experiences, really. It was yeah. sort of, it's been a really natural thing for me to follow that path. Brilliant, okay. Is there anything that you're particularly excited about? for seeing this weekend, John, yourself. I think it's just nice that everyone's out and about and normalities resume. We were talking about that, John. We said to come in here uh, for the, the two events a year here. It's, it's almost, it's more of a social event for a lot of people, isn't it? And seeing people that you've not seen for quite a while. I think it is, and I think it's with the visitors as well. I mean, you know, all the visitors are pleased to be back out and seeing us and coming for readings and purchasing things. I think it's, it is a social gathering. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What's one thing that you're grateful for today, John? Being here. <laughs> good answer. Good answer. Very good answer. <laughs> okay, thank you, John. And we will we'll be with you um, for the beginning of your Look forward Your to workshop it. as well. I think, I think you'll enjoy it. Okay, thank All you. Thank you. From programming as a child, before we have the intelligence to analyse every individual situation that happens to us. So we've all got these two minds. We've got a subconscious mind, we've got a conscious mind. The conscious mind, that's the source of our intelligence. That's what we're, you know, what we're using now to analyse what I'm saying and what's going on around us. The subconscious mind is the program. So what goes into that program, your subconscious mind will react on that. But the other bit is, it will override conscious thought. So if your subconscious mind feels strong enough about a situation, it will override it. And then consciously we can do nothing about it. So that's when we often feel feelings that we don't want to feel. So if I ask you just to put your hands up, um, does anyone here ever feel sad, but there's nothing in their life to feel sad about? Yeah. Does anyone here ever feel um, angry and irritated, but there's nothing to feel angry and irritated about? And the other one is, does anyone ever cry, but there's nothing to cry about? So they'll shed yeah. So then you've got to ask yourself why. So, if you're having something in your life today, and you know why it's making you miserable, then you've got to change it, haven't you? But, if we've got something in his lives and everything's perfect and everything's not perfect but everything's good but we're still feeling sad then normally that's coming from the subconscious mind so when we're young and we don't have the intelligence to analyze every individual situation things get stored in our subconscious mind that's still affecting us today because your subconscious mind has got no concept of time 
And your subconscious mind has got no actual intelligence of its own. So it doesn't look at things and go, hmm, that the times have changed, things have changed. We'll update the program. It just carries on because once it believes something, that belief stays there. Now, what we do as hypnotherapists, we use hypnosis, and we'll have a, we'll have a go with hypnosis in a little while, but we use hypnosis purely and simply to open the minds up, to allow access to the subconscious mind, so then we can change the program. Now, imagination is the language of your subconscious mind. So when you imagine something, your subconscious mind believes it's real. So we can program the subconscious mind by imagination, but we can also unprogram it, unprogram it by imagination. You see, as we go through childhood, fantasy will also become part of that programming. Because your mind can't tell the difference between something imagined, something real. When we fantasize as children, that can be classed as real to the subconscious mind. So I often say to my clients, when we recall in memories, even if you think you're making it up, even if you think it's not real, it still is real to your mind. And we still need that to come up before we can address it, change the programming. It's like if you gave a, a, a new laptop to a three-year-old child and says, program that, and they're, they're banging on the keys and putting words in, they shut it, giving them back when they're 27, it'll make no sense whatsoever. And that's a little bit like our minds that we've programmed it as a child, but we're still reacting on it today as adults. So, let's just look at a little bit of my childhood, that, you know, the, the way I was brought up. So, we were brought up in a little idyllic situation, really. My dad had a little small holding, uh, my grandma and granddad lived next door, um, my granddad was a medium and a hypnotherapist. Now, my dad, he was a great character, my dad, he was um, part-time farmer, full-time gangster. Now, <laughs> tell me about it. So, my dad were into football drinking and more drinking. And then my granddad, he was more into like keeping a few hens, growing a few veg. Now, my granddad was probably my saviour. I spent my time with my granddad and he nurtured me through. I mean, obviously there were times when I had to go back home, but most of the time uh, I spent with my granddad. And he used to do his readings in this little, little room he had, and he used to have a little whippet, like we all have in Barnsley. And he had a little whippet, and I used to curl up in the box with the whippet and listen to him giving readings to people. And to me, these were my stories as a child. Um, going through school, um, I probably thought I was the hardest kid in the school and I was the softest. I can just, you know, people have told me now in the, um, in the future, they said, you know, you weren't really that hard, you said we were scared of your dad. So, <laughs> as I went through school, then I got into my teens, and in my teens, um, I worked as a stage hypnotist and a little bit of DJing and everything. I loved the performing, but I'd got probably more issues than anybody. And I loved it when I was performing, but when the clapping stopped, that's when it really hit me, and that's when I went into my depressive states and horrible states. Got to 29, I thought, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to impress my dad, work for the company. Anyway, 29, the police self thinking, I'm really going to have to look at my career options here. <laughs> and that's when I went and got hypnotherapy. So, got hypnotherapy, and the guy who trained me as a hypnotherapist was the guy who gave me the treatment, and he changed my life. And what hypnotherapy does, it takes you back over those memories through your mind over probably an eight week period. And you look at those memories.
this back here, but you're seeing them now as an adult. Because the mind is open, then we can change the perception of those memories and we take away the active emotion that's often triggered, that makes us feel these crying feelings, these sad feelings, when we've really nothing to feel sad about. You see, you know, it's like every single person will go through what I always call a mental health crisis at some point in their life. No one is kept away from it, no one's safe from it. We can all have that and each and every one of us at any time. Um, but what the problem is, the first time we go to the doctors and we go, I'm feeling a bit down, what are you diagnosed with? Depression. The next question is, you know, how can we cure it? Antidepressants. Now, the problem with antidepressants, I'm nothing wrong with them, and I think it's a short period of time to do do help us, but I have lots of clients come to see me and they will be on them for 10 years, 20 years, they'll keep swapping and changing and there's no difference. The reason why you give an antidepressant is because when you go to the doctors and you say, and you say I'm down, he dare not say to you, why are you down? Because then we're going to open this kind of worms, so we've only got 10 minutes to get you, get you out, or do a video call with you. So the easiest way is to give antidepressants, they'll sort it. They never do. We've got to keep swapping, keep changing them. Um, it's like with his lives. Um, if, if I said to you, you know, what's your life like? And you said, well, it's not very good. Um, I've got an husband, bit of a knob. He doesn't work. He uh, sits watching TV all day, eating Popeyes, drinking Guinness. Will antidepressants sort that one out? No, they won't. They might help you through a bit of a crisis period, just to placebo effect, make you feel a little bit better, whatever. But you've got to change that. Then they will neither help with changing past memory, what we call past memory that you react to. So what we've got to do is we've got to open the computer, have a look what's going on in there, change the perception, and then what you often find is you're not reacting to the same situations. So this thing we call hypnosis, is only a tool to open the mind. That's all it is. But everybody who comes for hypnotherapy will always say to me, you're going to make me dance like a chicken man. And I, I always say, if you want to, we'll get a track. But that's not really why you're here, is it? So, if you want to have a go with the hypnosis, and I'll show you how safe it is and, and how it works, we can all have a go together if you want. Fancy that? Great. So, what I'd like you all to do then, put your feet flat on the floor. I'll just have to put this down a minute, shall we? Put your feet flat on the floor. And then I'd just like to put your fingers together like this and put your thumbs up the front, like that. And I want you to hold your hands in front of your eyes and just look at those thumbs. But I want, what I want more than anything, I want you to use your wonderful imagination. So we're going to test your imagination here. So, what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to, when I count to three, I'd like you to close your eyes, but just for a moment, I'd just like you to look at those thumbs. Not me, look at those thumbs. Cheeky nipple. So, just stare at your thumbs. It's a serious matter, this. Look at your thumbs. When I count to three, I just want you to close your eyes. Your bags are all gone when you wake up. Just joking, joking. Just look at your thumbs, on the count of three, I want you to close your eyes. One, one, two, three, eyes closed. 
Now I want you to imagine, through the back of one hand, and coming out of the other, is a great big ball with a great big nut on the end. And I want you to imagine that great big nut tightening. And I want you to see it in your mind, I want you to feel it in your mind, pulling those hands tighter. Okay, good morning, I'm here at uh, the Mind Body Spirit Show with Alan and Mick, just doing Reiki. And uh, we're just going to have a bit of a chat with you, Alan, if that's okay. Yeah, good morning. So, uh, it's great to be here, isn't it? It, it is, after yeah. a two year break. Yeah, good to be have back. a good day. So, uh, we're just going to ask you a few questions in a short interview. Right. I'll invite you on to the whole session later on. But uh, can you tell us a bit about your spiritual journey, first of all? Um, yes, I mean, I... I actually came into this sort of thing by accident. Um, I actually came to disprove Reiki okay, originally, um, and within a very short time, I was sort of sold on Reiki, and now I'm a master teaching it. So it's it's been an interesting journey. Okay. So can you tell us more about the Reiki? Than you do? Yes, we we we. We're actually doing Usui Reiki, which is the original form of Reiki. Um, and we do this at Clipston, so we, we run classes every week, um, sort of every two, Tuesday night. Um, so we, uh, we've got probably about 30 students on our books at the moment. So we, uh, we're just trying to spread the word, really. Yeah. Sort of. The energy and the, the yeah. word for Reiki, yeah? yeah. Um, can you tell us one thing that you're grateful for? Well, I suppose after the current situation with the pandemic, I'm grateful that I've actually come through the other end of it. You know, yeah. actually now having had COVID, yeah. but I've got a mild dose of it. So um, I'm really grateful for that. And, uh, sort of just grateful for, well, everything really, for life. You know, I get up in the morning and sort of thing. Of course, yeah. another day. And how long have you uh, been doing the Reiki eclipse? Um, about 12 years now. Quite a while. Fantastic. I've been master for about um, probably about eight or nine years. And Mick's been working with you all that time? Or? Yeah, I mean, Mick was my master. Right. So, He's here. Yeah, Mick's here. So he, uh, he, he sort of introduced me to it, so he's responsible for That's right. <laughs> everything. Yeah. So he's responsible for a lot, really. We were talking, Alan, about on a, on a podcast the other week with Eric. Yes. And I was talking about how Mick put a crystal in my hand and said, bring it back on Tuesday. Yes. Oh, yes. And that, you get drawn in. Mick draws oh, everybody that's in. That's right. <laughs> and he's still waiting for it back, isn't he? Yes. You know? Yes. yes. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for your time. Okay. Have a great thank day. You. Thank you very much. Catch up with you again soon. So we are with our next guest, and sorry, I'm, not, I'm not sure of your name. I'm Sarah. Sarah, that has just had, we've just had a, a, yes. a session of it yes. with yes. with Steve. Yes. Can you tell us about the, the um, what you what you do here, Steve? Today? Yeah, I, I do a thing called All Pain to Go. It's something I created. Uh, I'd had 40 years of back pain, and I got rid of it. And uh, so I've 
uh, not only help people now, but I've also trained people right around the world to do this. I've trained over 1,400 people worldwide to do it. And it's just a talking therapy. It's, it's not hands-on or anything. It literally is the logic of talking people out of pain, chronic pain. What do you want that Well, when I trained in NLP and uh, hypnotherapy, um, there was a technique that was a sort of multi-purpose technique. And it worked on my back pain, but everybody else that had, take, uh, had the same treatment the same day, there was about 40 of us. I was the only one the next day where it still worked. And it continued to work, and, but I, it was a cluttered technique, and it just really didn't work for many people. And I just refined it and changed it until there was hardly any of the original thing left. Yeah. And, you, and you've just had your session. Yes. How was that for yourself? Today? It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Quite life changing, actually. Yeah. Can I ask? Can I ask you about what brought you here today? What's your your own? What's your spirit? Do you have a spiritual background? What would you say your spiritual background is? Um, well, I mean, I meditate a lot because of the pain that I'm in. Um, I have fibromyalgia. And um, I've had that for 12 years, and so I found a way to deal with pain by meditation and um, sort of looking at different websites recently. I was looking for another way to deal with the pain because it was getting intensive, it was all trapped with nerves um, down my neck and shoulders. And I came across Stephen's website and um, was across in contact with him, and he offered to see me today. I couldn't get to so that's something that you're grateful for today because that's one of the questions that I'm going to ask you so yeah. can you tell me one thing that you're grateful for today um, this man. <laughs> I haven't stopped hugging him uh, yes. since, since he completed the treatment on me. It's, it's been amazing because I came here with, with something, you know, I tried to lower my expectations as you do because you don't want to go sort of have your, you know, amazing expectations that it's going to be life changing when you're in a bit of pain. But, you know, Stephen has taken my pain away, literally taken my pain away. Within, I think, how long? How long did you work? Maybe half an hour in the car. And it was just talking to therapy. And then my pain has now gone after 12 years of being in you know, bed with a lot of the time with pain. So, what's, the, what's one thing, Stephen, that you're grateful for today? I'm grateful for the ability to help others because it's, it's so important. And uh, Sarah initially cried and then she laughed and then she hugged me and then she cried and laughed and hugged me. And, uh, a gambit and, of emotions there. And it, it's just fabulous to know that you, you, you see, I don't do anything to people. I, I just talk to them and I bargain with their unconscious on their behalf. And, and then it's almost like the unconscious gets it and it goes, okay, you don't need this pain message anymore. And you just stop sending it out. So to see somebody in pain and not pain, I, mean, I must have the most rewarding job on the planet because it's just absolutely fabulous. And, and actually, uh, Sarah's going to train in it now so she can help others. And obviously our own experience will give her that credibility to say, well, people say, well, that's crazy, you can't talk to somebody and the pain goes away. She'll say, it happened to me. And 
It's crazy, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So well, I'm as grateful for her turning up as she is. I'm grateful for meeting this guy that's life-changing. And we're grateful for meeting you both. What I would like to do is invite you, Stephen, to record at some point a full episode with us, if yeah, that's okay, sure. as well. Yeah. So if I can take one of your leaflets, I'll have yeah. the details and we'll Absolutely. get in touch. So thank you very much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Hi, I'm with uh, Gary Brumbry from the Retford Ghost Hunters. Is that right? Yep, that's correct. Yep, yep, excellent. Ghost Hunters. Thank you for, for joining us today. And uh, it's wonderful to actually build, uh, to bump into somebody like-minded. Because yep. I myself am a paranormal investigator. Oh, yeah. Media as well. So. Yeah, right. Uh, can you tell us a little bit what drew you, drew you here today? Um, well, we first came from the wife. And just did an interview with, uh, and it's just the sort of spiritual side of things. It interests me more to do with like the scientific stuff, like the sound people and things like that. I'm more into the, that kind of scientific stuff rather than the tarot cards. I see. Yeah, I have no medium, yeah, I have no mediumship skills. Okay. Said some things, but so to me, it's got to be that tangible. Not that I don't believe in it, but. I can't understand it because I don't have it. So. Right. So can I ask you a little bit about uh, your panel team? Yeah, yeah. There's uh, about 11 of us. Okay. We're a big team. We've got Rachel Parsons, who's the uh, sort of owner of the team. Uh, we've got... Uh, is that all right? Quite unplugged. No, you're fine. That's all right. Yeah, we've got Rachel Parsons, yes. who's the leader of the team. Uh, we've got uh, Will, who's the assistant manager. Okay. And then we've got various other members of the team, like myself. I've been there for just over a year now. And we've had some new members come in. A few members leave as they do in teams, but yeah, we've got good teams. And I understand that you, you've got your own podcast as well. Is that correct? Uh, no, no. Uh, I, well, I am thinking about doing a podcast. Oh, okay. Um, to do with sort of the hunts because when we go out and hunt I do all the history of the places you know I, I give, do all the research and do the history of the places so I am thinking about doing a podcast tying in the places that we've been and also questions from any of our viewers if you want to ask us questions you know in a more relaxed manner sometimes on hunts but it's, it's kind of manic I think that's a nice idea as well I mean there's a need for it obviously with these changing times you will be aware of it it's shifted the vibration oh yes um, and so there's more activity for like yourself and more team there. yeah uh, but whereabouts do you go on, on your investigations um, we go all over to be honest we've been to abandoned factories uh, we go to churchyards occasionally uh, historic places, we like to go to historic places like a place called Eclipston, um, there's King John's chat, uh, or hunting lodge and it's just basically a couple of walls, that's all that's left. Yeah, but pubs, obviously we like to do pubs, old pubs, uh, so we've got an old library coming up soon, but anywhere we can get. And is this all over the UK? Yeah, yes, um, we go further afield, we have a weekend away because yeah. travelling but it's made luckily where we are here we've got quite a lot around us so we're about an hour hour and a half two hours travelling distance to get to places so oh, that's good yeah, yeah that's fair yeah. is there any advice that you could give to our viewers or listeners if they are experiencing any paranormal phenomena and they'd like somebody to check that out is there any way that can get in contact with you yeah I mean uh, we're on Facebook uh, Redford Ghost Hunters. If you go onto the page, at the top of it, you'll say message the page. 
you just type in a message there and uh, we will get back to you and we'll listen to you know what you've got to say and we can come out and have a look but my main thing to say to people if they have got any paranormal activity in the house is don't be afraid don't be afraid of it um, as long as nothing physical is happening to you which 99% of the time it doesn't yeah don't be afraid it's just somebody that used to live if they do exist and that they are just going about their business most of the time but you know just acknowledge them say hello and say right this is my place now that's lovely advice, and, and I can uh, certainly attune to that with some of the investigations I've been in. Here. So, thank you very much for joining us tonight, I wish you a wonderful weekend. Thank you Enjoy the wonderful events. I will do. Yeah, and uh, thank you. I'm with Rachel at Amanville Valleys with the Biofield Resonance uh, Systems that Rachel's going to talk about. So, hi Rachel, how are you? Thank you. Good. Having a good day so far? Brilliant. Lots of very, very interesting people. Yeah. Asking some very powerful questions. Okay, so what is it? It works um, with frequencies. So, what the systems do, whether it's my systems or they work by picking up the vibration of your cells, your DNA, proteins, your isotopes, and it gives me feedback. And it might tell me that you've got a toxin, parasite, heavy metal burden, food intolerance, or it might tell me that you're out of balance with your emotions, you might have limited beliefs, you might be working on a higher level.
frequency in themselves, their scans give me better feedback, they get better movement. And I can work remotely, I can work in Australia. I've worked with someone with pain, and she could be in Australia, she could be in Wales, she could be in the Netherlands. And when I ran the pain formula for her, she got pain pain. I've worked with someone in America and he wanted to feel grounded uh, because he would fly and a suitcase there and a suitcase here and he wanted to be grounded and I worked with him and he felt grounded. So it's absolutely brilliant. And then on a more physical level, um, secondary infertility, two years trying for a baby after having three with no problems, just cleansing up that area of the reproductive organs. We're not allowed to treat and cure. We don't treat and cure. What I do is work with your energy body. So I'm working with your multiple layers of your energy body. Which we can change. Which we can change. I'm allowed to work with that. I'm, I'm working with your limited beliefs and pressure. And that has a knock-on effect and, and creates the changes in the physical body. So, what is one thing you're grateful for? I'm grateful for my children. I'm grateful that I met the man I married and I had my children. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. So, that's really fascinating. Thank you a lot of people interested in that. So, I'm interested in that. I'm interested in that. I'm interested in that. Oh, yeah. That is the most important thing you need to love yourself. Thank you very much. All you need is love. Yes. Thank you. I'm with Joanne Cesar. Hi, Joanne. Hello How there. Are you? I'm From really well. Talking to you. I'm, what are you here doing today? Jess? I'm doing TV reading and also demonstrating the talking teacups. So what are you going to be doing? You're doing a talk today, aren't you? I am, well? yes. I'm also a spiritualist medium, so I'm hoping that the talk I'm doing today will include some evidential mediumship, uh, but I'll also be doing a little demonstration of the talking teacups. <laughs> we look forward to being in there and recording some, some of that. Oh, you're very welcome. So thank you for that. Can you tell us a little bit about your own spiritual your own spiritual journey? I was really lucky. I was brought into spiritualism as a child, uh, aged three and a half. Yeah. I was doing uh, altered state mediumship uh, for my nana and then got drawn into the spiritualist church by her. She was a, a TV reader and a spiritualist medium. Um, and then it was just second nature to have teacups, tea leaves, um, everything around us. Um, but as an adult, I chose spiritualism and then started my own formal development in spiritualism when I was 21. Um, and I've never looked back. I'm in my 32nd year of demonstrating in spiritualist churches and groups and I'm in uh, year 13 of self-employment as a professional medium. Yeah. If there's one thing you could teach the world, what would you teach the world? Oh, just to love one another, genuinely love one another and have no judgement, no prejudice, no jealousy. Uh, it keeps recurring and I would just like to eradicate it. Yes. Can you give me one thing that you might be grateful for today? My sister. Oh, can we get a <laughs> shot of the sister? <laughs> <Take that. laughs>
Thank you. Yeah, she's been my role. Well, thank you, Jen. And I will see you uh, in a while. Thank you very much. My name is Joanne Cesar. I'm known as Madame Cesar. And please do not phone me at 2 o'clock in the morning asking for papers. <laughs> I'm known on Facebook as Madame Cesar, and you can find me there. From the 1st of November, I'm also going to be in. I'm turning my arms off. From the 1st of November, I'm going to have uh, a little corner in the uh, artisan crafts games and food emporium in Doncaster French Game Centre, which is next door to Sainsbury's. So you'll be able to find me there six days a week um, if I can last that long. <laughs> Turn it over, I'll read your tea leaves for you. 
I found out more in 10 minutes than I did the previous 18 months, and that was the beginning of the end of the relationship. <laughs> I went out on the circuit with half a dozen teacups because I knew that I had to um, establish a system where I was working to a much more discerning audience than my mama did. So I had to have more layers to make me go, yeah, she's right. Yeah, how does she know that? So I went out with six teacups, each of them with an individual design. Each spoke something to me, and it's divinely evoked something in me. And now I have over 400 teacups, not mentioning the ones that are under the bed that belong to the godmother. Um, we don't mention those in case somebody comments that I might be a bit obsessive. So I have, amongst that 400 and odd, I have more than 320 that are individual styles and divine designs. Each one talks to me, each one tells me something different. Today, today I've got less than 10% of my cups with me to work with. Um, I have trademarked them, registered trademark, as a unique style of psychic reading. Because what I can do is read from the cup, either what's going on for you, what's prominent in your mind, or actually the spirit communicator who wants to talk to you or you want to talk to. And I can use them as others would use tarot cards or various layouts, the simplest one is present and future or current outcome. Um, but what I've done is I've incorporated it within the TV reading, so the choice of teacup becomes the first layer of your reading. So it gives me the tone of the reading. And if you picked with your eyes, you will tell me a different story to if you pick with your heart. Okay? So if somebody, if I know that somebody has chosen a cup that they picked with their eyes, I will make them stop and pick another one. And I will tell them why one's more important to the other already today. One lady's picked one with her eyes, picked one with her heart. And the two tell the story of what she wants to talk about, but actually what was more pertinent today to talk about. Um, I'd like to hope it was successful. I can see her now, she's smiling. Um, but it was wonderful because these teacups have been tested around the world before I actually launched them and decided to trademark them. I tested them around the world with all these strangers, and then I tested them with family members just leaving them out in silence, see which one they pick up, and I go, oh, again. And I leave them out because after every event, every time I take them out, I have to wash them and leave them to air dry. And I can hear them chattering in the kitchen, and I walk past, and I'll just brush my fingers past and land my fingers on one, and I'll go, yeah, get back in there, bitch. <laughs> because they're honestly, they're true to me. And just like those of you who read your own tarot cards, you always shuffle, put them back together and shuffle them again, because they never say what you want, do they? And that's exactly the same with the teapots. Uh, I have had them, I've acquired them through fair and foul means. I have been known to go to tea, vintage tea rooms with spare cups in my bag and then actually swap them for the one I've been served with. My friend who runs one of those vintage tea rooms caught a lot to be quite quickly. And she said if I didn't stop, she'd ban me. <laughs> I stopped. Um, so, what I really wanted to do today was a little bit of evidence from mediumship, but if I, I've just brought a few cups out, and you can come and have a mill round them, and you can certainly come over to the stand that we've got just down, uh, just a couple past Eric's 
crystals as you go through the main room. Um, and what they are is they, they are my system. They are how I work. It links to pan-spiritism, where we have this connectivity between all of us and everything. Okay? Essentially, how they work is that I have them in my space, in my auric energy, in my psychic energy. I know which everyone means. I ask you to pick a call. What I'm doing is I am pushing my energy out to you for you to have a feel, and you instantaneously know what every one of those calls mean. So I could number these and tell you to pick a number. And on that energy, it is coded, and you might pick number one. And you might be lucky and get nice Nana. And she's the universal grandma that comes and gives you the biggest hug in the world and says, you're all right, love, just because everybody else says you're wrong. I think you're lovely. And that's what every best Nana should do. And that's what I do as a man. Or you might say, I want number two, and I go, uh-oh, you just picked nasty Nana. Right? This is the lady who we can't get a grip on because she's lost her animal. Right? We don't know where she's coming from. We certainly don't know where she's going, but it might be hot, because God don't want her yet. But this is the lady who is hateful. And the warning in this cup is you'll go down the same road as her if you don't start self-caring, looking after yourself, promising to be good, and trying to be better rather than bitter. So, these lovely ones I've got having a strong <coughs> yeah I've got one called the Riviera because it looks like you're on the Riviera until you have a closer one and you're certainly not on your daddy's yacht you're in a you're in a tea crate so lots of different calls lots of things it's fun I like to keep it fun but anyway I'm going to do some evidential reading hi Eric hello Phil nice to see you again nice to see you mate how's things, how's things going yeah. today very very well Everybody seems to be enjoying themselves. And, uh, uh, baked potatoes are going down the treat. Crystals are going down the treat. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. Good We've been talking to a few different people so far today. Everybody's loving the, the environment and the energies that are around here. We're actually stood. I don't know if you want to just pan down, Eric. But we are uh, Eric. Eric. Glenn. <laughs> we are with the, the pyramids at the minute as well. I was just thinking that. I yeah. have got my eye on that one right there. That's, uh, we made that one originally for somebody who got information, we call it migraine. migraine at the time. And it was designed to reduce the information. So yeah, it's going to work really well. It does other things besides that. Yeah. Yeah, it's lovely. I love the colours of that. And that is just fantastic. That is a masterpiece, isn't it? That's one of the first I ever made. That took me, believe it or not, about five hours to make and three days to polish. I've since learned if you put them in a different they place themselves. But that one I spent three whole days, about two hours That one, I think it's a label, but somebody called it across the universe. They tend to get um, experience when they do that. And then whether it's on the astral plane or wherever, and it tends to transport them into the level of reality. Yeah. And that's what somebody labeled that is that somebody finds themselves drifting into different levels of consciousness. Yeah. That one's nice. 
Yeah. In fact, you know, they're all nice. That was a classic um, organite. People put these next to their Wi Fi. So, as Leif has the emanations from electromagnetic fields, so Wi Fi routers, mobile phones, yeah, affect the energy field. And if you put one of these next to it, it soaks up the energy so you don't have to. So, that's um, the thing is, organ pyramids or organ generators or organ pyramids. Fantastic. That one, the last one, it's one of my favourites, that's the one I'm using at the moment. It's uh, 24 karat gold inside yeah. organic and inorganic resin. And these act like um, an astringent on the oil, they pull the oil and tight to the body. Right. So often people's symptoms they get are because the oil gets into the fuse and gets kind of holes in it and seals it. It's like a, a diver's wetsuit. Yeah. Yeah. It's really well. And it's good for people who are doing um, spiritual work generally, readings or healing. So I really like that. So that's the one I'm looking at. Oh, that's fantastic. So, okay. Thank you, Eric, for your time. Well, thank you. Just a couple more questions. Yes, Can you tell us one thing that you're grateful for today? Yes, I'm a natural warrior. And I lie in bed thinking last night, probably time for everybody. Because I know the show is going to be a total disaster. It never is. I always worry about it. Yeah. So the fact that somebody somewhere is looking after me and takes all this on board and is aware that I'm worrying and uh, I regard this as a kind of channel experience. Yeah. You know? yeah. So it happens despite me. So I'm grateful I've got a People turn up. It's nice and friendly, warm and fuzzy, and it's a wonderful place to be. So yeah, in terms of gratitude, just to be associated with the show, yeah, it is a good thing. And it's people are so nice. Yeah, it's like outside you get to respect these people. Here, it's like a little bubble. So I feel. Where, where. Grateful that we're here this week. Yeah, so yeah. thank you for allowing us to be here. So we're really enjoying it so far. It's going so quick. It's like a whirlwind, isn't it? But um, yeah, we we intend to have a look around at some point as well. Today, so. so yeah, so thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. So we thought we'd just grab five minutes of time with our own Julie from the Full Circle Podcast. Because Julie, you are doing your own demonstrations for our Yanga Yoga. So, it's a so how are you how are you finding it today so far? Because you've not really you, like us, we haven't had much time, have we? No, but, it's uh, it's going very quickly. It's yeah. been a great show so far. I'm really hoping it will be a good turnout for the yoga session. Yeah. I can help people to get some energy or to relax if they need it. Also do good as well. Yeah, the energies at the minute you they are the energies are fantastic. Especially from the drumming earlier as well. That was really great. Yeah, yeah, the, the energies are really high. A very mixed bag of energies, I will say, yeah. but really high energies at the minute. So, from today, Julie, can you give us one thing that you're grateful for? I'm grateful for this opportunity to be able to share the yoga and to spread the energy. I've 
audience and like-minded people to be able to help people with their mind, body and spirit. And if there's one thing that you could teach everybody in the world, what would you teach? You're not allowed to say yoga. You're not allowed to say yoga. Self, not really, because everyone starts. Thank you, Julie. We will be with you in your session for a while. So we look forward to seeing you shortly. You're going to enjoy it. Yeah. Oh, yes, definitely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, so I've got you earlier in the drumming session as well. So this is my quiet and calmer session in there. So I'm Julie, Julie Gainson. Uh, is anybody not done any yoga before? Are you all fit and healthy? Yeah. <laughs> so far? So far. We'll find out later. So uh, does anybody know a lot about yoga? I know we've got a, a yoga teacher at the front here as well. So no pressure. We have two yoga teachers here. So uh, a little bit. A little bit, yeah. So a lot of people think yoga is um, just sitting there really and meditating and relaxing which is obviously a big part of some types of yoga uh, but there are physical types as well because to get the mind in shape you sometimes have to work with the body although it should be the mind and then the body it's reversal of different techniques so there's strong yoga types such as Ashtanga yoga there's vinyasa flow where you're moving and you're not holding the postures. You've got the hatha or hatha yoga, and it's all in Sanskrit. It originates from India, and yoga's over 5,000 years old, so it's been going a long, long time. It is an art and a science. So that's a little bit about the yoga. How I came into it is uh, I decided I've got a lot of energy. I needed to calm down. <laughs> so it kind of worked, but it also gave me more energy to do more things. But through the yoga, it's helped me to channel the energy, so I'm able to channel different parts of my life with that energy, which fulfills my inner being, or divine, if you like. Then come on in. It's okay. So I've been doing yoga a long, long time. I also train other yoga instructors as well. Uh, not my own course, it's a course based in Crewe, Staffordshire. So I'm able to take people through tutoring their yoga postures and the writing of the essays that you need to do. So that's a different subject there, but that's my background. I also do lots of other things just to give you an idea of the energy. So I'm a musician, I'm a singer, a music teacher, I teach piano, keyboard, organ singing, um, besides the yoga. I've run several businesses, I've worked myself since I was 17. Uh, I believe in myself and I did inner drive and I always listen to my own intuition and that's brought me to where I am today really. I think as you sort of get a little bit older you start to question yourself what, what path are you on, what do you want to do and what tools do you want to use within that path. It's not yoga for everybody, you know we've got a drumming which is a fantastic tool there, we have Reiki, we have crystals so many different systems you can use but I liked yoga because even if you're feeling unwell for me it's something that really worked at the time and I've just made it part of my life really it's designed to be a purifying and cleansing practice not just an exercise program as a lot of people think and also to sit there and chant there's a lot of things that you need to do before you can get to that stage so today I wanted just to go through some posture work with you in the chair that you can easily do at home. 
are you interested in doing more yoga? It can give you an insight into what to do or when to take it next. So are we all happy to give that a bit of a go? And what I'll do at the end, we'll have a bit of questions and answers because I'd rather not waffle on, I'd rather answer questions that you may have at the end there or if you want to see the end. So I'm going to close the door now just as we're starting. So I'd like you to sit onto your chair, feet flat on the floor, a slight gap between your knees. And you can rest your hands onto your lap there. If you work with Nubris, you can select Nubris. You can lift your energy by pointing the palms upwards or you can ground yourself by tipping down. So you decide whether you want to be grounded or if you want to be lifted. We breathe in and out through the nose in yoga, it's a better breath for you, it helps to filter anything out that your body doesn't need. So you can just practice breathing in and out through your nose first of all. Just at your own comfortable breathing pattern. So inhale. And exhale. Breathing just to concentrate on your breathing and just carry on inhaling and exhaling through your nose. Come on in. That's fine. Just notice to see how you're feeling as you're breathing in and out through your nose. So, do you feel more energetic? Do you feel more relaxed? Struggling to breathe, just relax it a little bit there, have a break from the breathing, and then you can resume when you're feeling ready. So we're filling the body with energy, prana, life force as we inhale through the nose. We're letting go of any stay there, any tension or toxins, let go on the other breath. more rounds, inhale. back to your own comfortable breathing pattern now. Be mindful to keep your breathing going in and out through the nose where possible. You can bring some attention back into your physical body so you can move your fingers and your toes a little bit now. Just be aware of your body. I'm going to start with some neck stretching now so you can keep your eyes closed around the session if you want to. Sit up nice and tall, so your back's nice and straight there, and your shoulders relaxed. It's going to be quite dynamic, so just do what you can. Have a rest anytime. Take your head round to your right side, as far round as you're able. And hold it here, continuing to breathe in and out through your Back to the centre and take it gently round to the left side. 
And notice whether you can take your head around further on this side, or you have one side more flexible than the other. And bring your head back to the center. And we're talking the chin in towards your chest. Back to the centre and tilt your head up towards the ceiling. Careful with any neck issues. And bring your head back to the centre. Tilt your head over towards the right shoulder. And bring your head back to the centre and tilt over towards the right shoulder. Back to the centre, tuck your chin in towards your chest. We're going to roll the head round towards the right shoulder, stopping when you've reached halfway. Roll your head back to the centre with the chin tucked in and roll it round towards the left shoulder, stopping when you've reached halfway. Keep breathing going, in and out through the nose. Head back to the centre of the chin tucked in, then bring your head back to neutral, tilt your head up towards the ceiling and roll your head round towards the right shoulder, stopping when you've reached halfway. Take your head back, roll it back to the centre and roll it round towards the left shoulder, stopping when you've reached halfway. Head back, roll it back to the centre, and bring your head back to neutral. If you've got your eyes closed, just gently bring your attention back into the room there. So that's a gentle start. So lots of people hold tension in the neck and shoulder area, so we're literally going to just move your shoulders up and over and back. You can do it separately if you want to, all together. We're just going up and over and back. Might be a few crunches and sound effects, but don't worry, it's all good. Breathing. Most people sit there and they're not breathing. <laughs> That's a different practice called breath retention. And to a rifle edge, so you can And lower the shoulders back down. And again, the other way, up and over and forward. Lovely. We've managed to capture two fantastic sorrows at the Mind, Body and Spirit show today. Hi. We've got May and Daniel with us. How are you both? Great. It's brilliant, isn't it? The energies are really high today. Yes. It's always, to me, it always feels like there's so many high-vibing people that come together mm. at Aswin um, and BS that it feels like we're, we all raise the energy together yeah. and it kind of feels like we're in all this like, yeah. this lovely, yeah. this yeah. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about your own spiritual background, your your spiritual path has, is a, is a a, a massive, it's a very long path, and I will say for you, quite a challenging path, isn't it? Sometimes. Yes. Um, the challenge is what has led me to my spiritual path. So my challenge was acute and chronic pain. I um, was diagnosed with endometriosis after laparoscopic surgery in 2005, uh, which actually caused me even more pain and even more difficulty with my life when I wasn't actually able to work um, for four years. And I was on very strong painkillers, 
and it took me to get to my wit's end with that level of pain to try uh, Reiki and I was scared it was going to be a scam and I'm scared that if, that if I put all my hope into it as my last thing that was going to help me with my pain because the NHS had done everything that they could yeah. and I needed something else to get me through it and, and uh, I was so surprised when I had that first Reiki session yeah. and it did change my life and I saw what I would have called them Winky Dreams which I would call Visions now where I was playing with albatrosses and um, I was getting symbolic images um, about the infinity symbol and sort of like a transformation from what like a bear that's come out had infinity symbol on its tummy and it turned into a child and it went into the black forest on the other sky and I saw symbols and I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what was there, what Reiki was, but I kind of when I came away from there I had such a much lower level of pain. I've got this form and relaxation in my body that I needed. Really lovely lady, she understood me and my pain just dropped. Um, during that time I had lots of beautiful synchronicities, I had a vision of getting a, a, a hollow oak tree um, and someone came to me and fired to kind of kill the disease in my body which makes sense with endometriosis. Um, which is uterine cells that occur outside the body and they will feed internally. Um, so, and um, within me as a hollow oak tree, a, um, a bird came and built a nest, and I watched this bird raise its cheeks in the nest within me, and then a, a silver birch tree grew inside that cavity, and I became a laminar of ancient oak and new birch, and then I've interlinked with all the other trees and I became the forest and it was an amazing spiritual experience yeah. of connecting to connectedness yeah. and oneness and it was extremely beautiful uh, to experience that and then after that very session I was taken for a walk uh, with my dad who's a ranger at Sherwood Forest and I found the tree that I was in my vision that's brilliant. And then my dad told me that there was a wren's nest yeah. in the tree and there were chicks and I could go and see the chicks if I wanted yeah. to. So oh. we had a little peep and so he's tiny little Oh that's nice, that's really nice. The synchronicity is incredible. Mind, yeah. If you don't mind me saying you are such an inspiration to many people that come across your videos on Facebook and your adventures your adventures with Daniel as well in, in rivers and lakes and forests and things like that. What about your own spiritual development, Daniel? How did that start for you as well? Um, so for me, I came out of a long relationship several years ago and um, just wanted to it myself. And that's, that was the start of the journey, was growth and wanting to yeah. understand myself, understand other people and just kind of um, open my mind to experiences. And that kind of was where it started and then within the last year I've kind of found uh, a real sense of peace and just acceptance of everything and everything is, is the way it should be yeah. and to, yeah. to learn to, to just feel into the fire and just yeah. um, let life take you where it needs to take you. And, um, yeah. 
Um, we, we've had some really wonderful conversations about what we, uh, our spiritual perspective on the universe. And Isn't it nice that you, when you when you meet somebody like like you have, you are able to have those fantastic conversations mm. like that. Yes. What's one thing that you could give me that you are both grateful for today? You aren't allowed to say each other, but what's one thing that you are grateful for? I would be very grateful in my life for my healing path and my spirituality. Um, I just want to brag that I've had arthroscopic surgery to just remove the very last bits of the illness that I've been healing spiritually, emotionally, energetically and yeah. I'm very grateful for energy healing. Yeah. To me that is the thing that will always make the shift, that will always make the difference, that will always shift your perspective, that will bring you the synchronicity and magic. So I'm very grateful for energy healing. For me, the thing that came to mind when you said it was good health, so that would extend to just happiness and general well being. I'm fairly blessed not to have had any real issues in my life, so having seen lots of people who have really needed to, to, to do all the work to heal themselves, I feel pretty blessed that I haven't have really needed that. It's been quite lucky, I've always had blessed life, so the gratitude has not had to, to suffer as some of the if there's one thing that you could teach, if there's one thing that you could teach everybody in the earth, if you could teach everybody in the earth one thing, what would you teach them? For me, it would be um, connecting with the earth. Because if we were all one with something different, then we'd all be one. Just come and let me know how we can all be one with the earth, with the heart of the earth. And that is very. On a practical term, that's a very healthy form of energy that we can connect with that's good for our health and well-being. Much foundation. I would say authentic communication. So being open and honest and communicating everything you've got to communicate in a yeah. timely manner and just being as open as you can with people so they understand where you're coming from and, and working to understand where they're coming from and just having a healthy dialogue. I 100% agree with that as well, so that's brilliant. Thank you. Thank you both. It's so nice to come across such a lovely couple as well while, we, while we're around. So as soon as I saw you both walk in, I'm like, they're going to be, they're going to be on the, they're going to be interviewed. So, well, so thank, thank you for, you thank you for that. And we look forward to you both being on for a full episode as well at some point, if that's something that you'd like to do. We would really so, look forward to that, absolutely. So, yeah. Well, good yes. Thank you very much. Thanks. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So we are with Tanya. Hi Tanya, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm all right. I'm very good. So we're having a bit of a yeah. natter there. So I don't know if anybody caught, caught that natter that we're having. Tell us about what you're doing, Tanya, today. What are you here for? So I'm here today representing the Woodland Trust and yeah. to do a full engagement um, just to talk about all the fantastic work that we're doing yeah. um, and the importance of tree planting. Yeah. Some uh, fantastic information. You've, I don't know if Glenn wants to pan around just to have a quick, quick look at this, the stall that we're at as well. So uh, I don't know if you can see that, Glenn. There's some 
fantastic information and stuff like that on here. So, so we have a directory here and this is a directory of all of the estates in our portfolio. Wow. Um, this goes with the uh, welcome pack when you become a member. Yeah. We also do a lovely thing where we um, subsidise trees for landowners. So, uh, and this is the trees that you get that you can get from the Woodland Trust. That, um, and we also give advice about right trees, right place, which yeah. is very, very important. Um, yeah. We have a tree post here. What I like to talk about as well is just the importance um, sometimes of what people don't understand. So the importance of fungi. So fungi, people, um, research has just described that it's actually fungi that help water to trees uh, and they've been around for over 10 million years and it's a fantastic network that is the, the base of all our This is the maximum that we get with the whole number. This is a new project that we're doing um, where we tree the north, the northern forest. I'll show you. I'm grateful that I woke up. Yeah. <laughs> I 
Uh, I, I'm not ready to die. I love being on this planet. Yes. I love representing the Woodland Trust. Um, I, live in, I live in a fabulous village in the Peak District. I've got my fantastic little needy dog and needy cat. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's, it's great to be alive. Where about from the peak? I live in a small village called Parwich. Oh, I've not heard of that. No. Where about? Best case, secret Parwich. So it's in between Ashbourne and Buxton. Right, okay. I know, I know both of them. Yeah, so it's hidden in between yeah. the two. Oh, lovely. Wonderful. I spent quite a lot of time myself in Derbyshire. Nice. Uh, walking, um, um, uh, Mantor, Castleton, Edale, yeah. Kinders, Kinders, all those. Dovedale, yeah. Thorpe, all of those yeah. areas. Yeah. Lovely. So I'm here today then, so I'm not uh, trainers instead of walking boots today, I'm afraid. But lovely. Lovely. Thank you, Tanya. It's been so nice. To talk oh, you're to very you. welcome. And we'll catch you in your talk as well. Fantastic. My role is um, a membership development officer. Perks. Oh, I'm sitting down so much. Come in. Just started. Oh, sorry. It's okay. I'll just, uh, so my name is Tanya Perkins. I work for the Woodland Trust as a salaried employee. Uh, the reason that I work for the Woodland Trust, I have worked, so my role is not particularly um, doing these kinds of talks. So if there's something that you ask me that I don't know the answer to, then I will. Um, take your details and make sure that you get the answer to your question. Um, so my role is, as, as I was saying, is a membership, what we call membership development officer. So we um, exist um, and the, we do the work that we do because we have members. Um, so the reason I work for the Woodland Trust and not another charity, um, so I have been in this role for other charities for about 10 years. Um, and was desperately waiting to be employed by the Woodland Trust. They have such a massive level of integrity. Um, and really, you can't do this job, I don't think, unless you believe in the organisation that you're working for. Um, so I've been with the Woodland Trust now nearly four years. And um, so what I'm going to do is introduce you to what we do and why we do and how we do it. So I've made some notes. So why do we need trees? What are the challenges? And what are we doing? So there are four reasons that we need trees. Um, the first one, and the most important one, that I think that people have noticed now is human health. And that couldn't have been more relevant in lockdown. We were the only charity to not close our woods and not close our car parks. We were the only ones to stay open. But to give you an example of um, like footfall, we have um, a wood in London Thorpe in Grantham, which is where our head office is, and we have one of those big yellow uh, waste bins for uh, dog poo and then other waste. It costs us um, £135,000 a year to maintain that and have that emptied because that's how um, frequently the wood is used and how many times we have to empty that. In the pandemic, it went up to £280,000 was turned to that. And what's really interesting is that then we have people using that wood and you can take your dogs, you can take your dogs into all of our woods. But there's a lot of people that want to use the woods but then don't want to support us as well, which is, you know, it's hard for me when I'm sort of at that wood, talking to those people, knowing the cost. That's just for that bin, that's not for maintaining the wood. 
but human health. So we had a lot more people go out into all our woods and forests um, than that had never been before, realising just how important it is for their mental health. And there is going to be, I, am, I will actually just talk a little bit now about forest bathing. So forest bathing um, seems to have been a new thing, but actually I don't think it is a new thing. I think that this is a very old traditional way of um, communing with the planet that I think that we've lost in the 20th century. Um, I personally do forest bathing, forest, and um, they call it um, Shin Rin. Shin Rin Yoko. Shin Rin Yo Yoko. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what it's called. It's this gentleman here does that as well. Um, so what that means is, is that if I personally go dusk and dawn, I go into the forest when it's really still, and um, and if you do this and you try to do this, go and just be in the moment with yourself and then I sit with my back to a tree and I breathe you know into my diaphragm really deeply I close my eyes and I just let everything thoughts wise disappear and then I have I, I soak in what's going on so the noises you hear the birds you can hear the insects you can almost feel the earth breathe and you certainly can if you, um, I've been shown how to do it, feel the vibration in the trees and that's woodland bathing. And you go, I recommend you do it at least 20 minutes a day if you can, but it just centres you, it brings you to the moment, it aligns your chakras so you're not feeling anxiety from the past or anxiety from the future and it just sets you up for the day. And we encourage woodland bathing in all our woodlands and all our forests. So human health, very, very important, especially for young people in today's world. We need to get them out into the woods and into the forests. So we have over 1,300 estates in our portfolio, and they come in the directory, so you can go to any of those woods. Um, all of the woods and all of the car parks are free to go to because we're an inclusive charity and we want people whether they can be a member or not be a member, to be able to come and experience the kinds of woods that we have. Um, and I've just got some examples here, which I've shown, I think, a few people already. So I, until I came to work for the Trust, I wasn't aware that we actually um, had a tropical rainforest, ancient rainforests uh, in this country. And we actually do. This is um, a forest that we own now, that's just on the outskirts of Snowdonia. So we encourage everybody, to, if you can imagine, if people haven't, they live in the city, they've never been to one of our forests or woods, but then this is the first thing that they experience. Now, the reason that we don't charge people to go is because if you don't want to be a member, but then you go and you visit one of our woods, and you visit this one, say, for example, and you, you'll be in awe of what this is, and also, this is only one of three that we have left in the country. One of three, which is just devastating. When you realise that, then you'll understand, aside from all the other benefits of climate change and carbon footprint, the benefits of supporting this charity so we can protect these woodlands and these forests. So important. Now, in 19... In 19... 70, we had 80% tree coverage in the UK. 
we had 70% tree coverage in the UK in 1980. 2021, it says 13% there. We actually only have 6% because 7% is non-native. So that's your fast-growing conifers for wood. So we have 6% tree coverage in the UK, and that's because from 1970 to now, there were no laws, no legislations, nobody holding anybody to account to stop people cutting trees down. You could just do it. So this charity was born by a chap called Kenneth Watkins, who lived down south, and um, so noticed that the woods around him were being cut down, and he had money. He was a wealthy, eccentric guy. He used to drive around in a banana yellow open top sports car with a pet badger and he just started buying the woods. His best friend, um, was, whose name I'm sorry, I apologise, I can't remember, was from Grantham. So they set up the head office in a shed at Grantham and our head office is still in Grantham and now we have over 600 employees. So they started buying woods and then they made it into a trust and to a charity called the Woodland Trust. So from 1972, which is when we started, to now, we, we've campaigned councils and governments trying to get legislations and laws brought into place to stop things from happening. So there's a couple of things that we've done, sadly only recently, but in 2019 we um, had a law passed that any ancient tree will have the same rights and privileges as any ancient building. That happened in, we got that as a law, but in 2019. Now the problem with that is we shouldn't have to A, push so hard, and B, 2019, we've got 2% ancient woodland left. So what we have to remember is that there's no money in preserving woodland, creating new woodland. There's no money in it for councils. The situation with the Sheffield street trees was because the councils, I don't know if you're aware of that, but they went at night cutting down the street trees, beautiful trees, because they didn't want to spend money on maintaining them. We actually got involved we stopped that from happening and we actually got a legislation passed that says in England no council can ever do that again. Um, we shouldn't need to be doing that though, you know, that's not something that we, that we should have to be doing. Scientists have been saying for the last 50 years if you carry on cutting down trees, this is what's going to happen. You're going to have floods, you're going to have fires, you're going to have climate change. You know, we need to sort it out. And now, what's happening? And the narrative before the pandemic was only about this. Of course, the pandemic took over that narrative, but now we seem to be getting back to more normal life. Um, we are getting back to um, the narrative, which is what, what we need. So now a lot of people want to plant trees, but you can't just get a tree and then go plant a tree anywhere you want, because it's going to be the right tree for the right place. And you need to look after that tree as well. We've just bumped into Paul. Hi, Hello, Paul. how are you? It's, it's, it's lovely to see you here today. It, it must be probably two years since I've been It's been a long time. Yeah, from your April to I think it was the last time I saw you. So, yeah, so really um, nice to see you. Yeah, I've really missed those sessions. So, Welcome um, to come back anytime. That's brilliant. Uh, yeah. Just for the purpose of this quick interview, Paul, yep, can you sure. tell us a little bit about your own spiritual journey? Right, just okay. A, just a, just, just a, a, a small a brief, a brief snippet yeah. of everything, yeah. so that certainly can be. Um, well, I've always been interested in esoterics and various other things, really. I was thinking to call them a cult and, and, and hidden knowledge, I guess. 
and uh, spend a lot of time meditating in my youth, from yeah. the age of about 15 or so, and just, just taking on board lots of different sort of eclectic areas of, of interest and trying to blend them together into my own sort of um, idea of the world and yeah. spirituality. Yeah. Um, that's basically how things started, and um, obviously things have progressed. Um, a few years ago, so I'm going to uh, break with, with uh, Karen and the yeah. guys too, and we're doing all sorts of interesting things there, which again expanded the knowledge and the interest. Yeah. Um, and um, in the past couple of years, whilst we've been on lockdown, not been completely stagnant, we've been doing different things at home and um, found a, a, an area of feel that Have you found that while we have been on lockdown, oh, yeah. it's actually more of a a personal journey. I in think England. so. I think so. I think. I think it's. I think it's how you view things, and um, if you take the perspective and, and look through the lens of, of what can you do with this time that you've been given. Yeah. So, because I know we feel very isolated from everybody, and um, there's sort of a bit of disconnect there. So using that, that as an opportunity to, to look inside yourself mm. and to. Um, really try and reduce any sort of baggage and, and, and such like that you're carrying yeah. in your own life. And then now, as, as things are starting to return to normal, um, we, we can perform better bonds and relationships with other people because we're more, we're more aware of who we are. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Is there anything that you've come for in particular to uh, Just to look around and, yeah. uh, and see people. And, the images and seem different to me. Yeah. They just seem high. The images are just so high and. It's almost like, I feel like it's an energy of celebration today because yeah. it's the first one back oh, for, for two years, isn't it? So, so it's a really nice event today. It is. Um, can you tell me if there's anything that you, if there's one thing that you would like to teach everybody on here, what would you teach them? I think it would be, um, it, it must be, with, with have compassion for who you are yeah. and um, don't so hard on yourself. I could teach teach people just to um, be more um, more embracing of their own sort of personality and, and, and less focused on the, on the on the small issues and the niggles they have about themselves, whether that's physically or otherwise. And just about that compassion and cultivate through that. Well, not, not just today. Yeah, but one thing, that you, one thing that you tell me, one thing that you're grateful for. I'm grateful for friendship. I'm grateful for the, the I mean, it's within friendship and separate things. But um, all, all the people that, that have been doing it and just, just being able to look, look and reflect on that and see them and think, yeah, you know, the, more than anything in the world, and they're, they're the most valuable assets that we have. Um, so you don't even need you well, it's just, it's just the people really, it's, it's, it's been great for all those friends. Yeah. So, so nice to see you again, Bonnie. Thanks so lovely to talk to you. Yeah, hopefully we'll talk a bit more. Yeah, and hopefully we'll have you on, if you're willing to, we'll have you on for a full episode. Oh wow, that'd be amazing. Thank you very much. Quite a story to tell as well. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's brilliant. Thanks, Bonnie. Thank you very much. I'm with Hope here, who yeah. does uh, shamanic healing, and your business is the Oracle of Hope. Yes, that's great. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so the Oracle of Hope is, um, exactly what it says in the name really, it's um, channeling and it's been an oracle for spirit and the divine and energy to come through me really. Um, 
there's several forms of healing modalities okay. as well as like psychic channeling, like clairvoyancy, um, spiritual mentorship and everything like a creative and just creation energy really. So it's a very uh, organic process then, yeah. your healing and your sort of mindset to that healing then. Yeah, definitely. Sure. So how did you come to be doing this then? What was your sort of awakening or moment that you realised that yeah. this was your plan? Um, so I was in a corporate business and I was like working my way up the career ladder um, and I was just so unhappy. I was earning more money, I was getting better recognition, um, getting bigger like authorities and I was even more unhappy than the reason why I was doing it for. I was trying to work my way up to like become happier and feel more content and more fulfilled and I was actually getting more unhappy. I had more money and I was even more unhappy and I was like, what am I really doing this for? Like, nobody recognised me, I wasn't getting any recognition, wasn't heard, wasn't understood by anybody in the company. And I was like, how am I going to invest my life into this business when nobody gets me, nobody wants to hear what I have to offer and what I have to offer is a value. So I was like, that's it. Put my notice in. Right. Flew to Thailand. Right. Yep. And just said, that's it. Used all my savings to go travelling and learn different healing modalities and there's been lots of spiritual awakenings in loads of different ways possible um, very fun and yeah I have like a thing of saying the deeper I go in healings and in journeys the more light I can access so I'm a very deep person I love to just dive in into things and yeah fantastic yeah I think we may have to do a bit more of a discussion on your shamanic further dates so yeah. Sounds wonderful. So, have you got any one thing you could say you're grateful at right at this moment in time? Um, in this moment of time, I'm very grateful for myself and I'm grateful for my spirit team. I think you have to be grateful for yourself because we're the ones that do it and we all put the work in and you have to be your own biggest fan at the end of the day. You know, you have to have your own back and you have to pick yourself up and put yourself out there and actually walk the talk and not just, you know. Yeah. So very grateful for myself and all my team is spirit and in person. Sure. Yeah. How long have you been uh, doing uh, the Oracle of Hope? Um, so the Oracle of Hope, maybe about a year, but I've been into energy healing and doing um, clairvoyancy and like music and art. Probably about three to four years. Sure. Um, yeah, but I'm a very quick learner. I don't think it's about the amount of time you've been in it. Um, yeah, just picking it up. I'm just an absorber, very sensitive empath. Just. <laughs> Sucking it all up. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> so you mentioned music there, so is that yeah. drumming or singing or oh you mentioned light language, I was having a conversation with you earlier. Is that correct? You do light language? Yeah, so light language, singing, drumming, and um, intuitive um sounds, um so it's like um resonances, um different chakra resonances, similar to um, instruments I use like um, sound bowls, shikapas, and um, the clarinet, instruments, drums, everything, I'm, I'm a dabbler. Very good, that's well, been fascinating, so thank you very much for your time and I hope today's gone well for you and I wish the same for you tomorrow. Perfect, thank you very much and thank you for having me on the show today.
and share. Don't forget to find us on our official Facebook page. Until next time, have a good time, all of the time.